one pulls up like we do. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this crew. Welcome to the show, let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us, it's not to give up. Turn the whole room up, it's never enough. Let's go. It's go time! The SENSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Finkley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! It's an emotional podcast. There might be tears, there's plenty of laughs, and there's me not being able to say Ravi Shastri. And that's about it. We've all been there, don't worry about it. We've all been there, and I'm guilty more than anyone with the... The wrong pronunciation of uh, people's names, but that's okay. Yeah, um, it's been a, a really good couple of weeks with you, Bryce. We had some really big guests on as well. We caught up with Marty Matler, who uh, is looking forward to seeing what the Double Blues can do in the Sandful this season. Mark Bickley joined us in the studio, and he didn't take a breath in 10 minutes, but he's excited. He's passionate to be on SENSA and Doc Clark too. Matthew Clark is a head coach of the AFLW Adelaide Crows, but he's doing some great stuff just promoting sport in the parklands. Yeah, Good uh, initiative to get people out there getting active and trying some sports they might not have before, but uh, not taking it too seriously at the same time. More a bit of fun, which is uh, which is good to see. Dan Menzel spoke about the Super Bowl, which is on Monday, and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to NFL. Very in-depth analysis, wasn't it? I was impressed with Dan's uh, information and thoughts on the up-and-coming Super Bowl. He's uh, going to perch himself up at a pub somewhere and uh, watch will. the game. So uh, big Monday morning for him, no doubt. Uh, just before we let you go, how do we get involved with FebFast once again? Because uh, you are doing an, a, an amazing thing with South Adelaide, obviously, in a competition against the Bays, and you haven't had a drink for nine days. And I'm not saying that's a massive milestone. It's been my, nine days. But obviously, um, you're doing it for a good cause. Yeah, certainly. And it does make it a little bit tougher when the weather starts uh, shining like it is today. But, uh, yeah, jump on online. You can check it out on social media, febfast.com. We're uh, raising funds for the Sammy D Foundation, which is uh, underprivileged kids. So uh, any donation would be fantastic, no matter how big or small. Uh, we're getting behind this great cause. And, um, yeah, it's been uh, a really enjoyable experience so far. All right. Enjoy the podcast. Bryce Gibbs, I love you. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a day early, guys. Good morning. How are you? Um, a bit rattled by that because you are definitely not Mark Bickley. You are Bryce Gibbs. Uh, can, can confirm. <laughs> Story checks out. Uh, We've shifted you out a day early. We've gone early with that, but that's okay. That's I'm, okay. I'm flat about that because uh, I was going to make today the celebration of everything Bryce because it's our last day together on um, SEN Breakfast live from SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, and it said Mike Bickley. So we need to fix that immediately. We will not hear that again today. Oh, we might. Well, we probably will. If it's will. in the system, all <laughs> logged in, we might be in trouble. Hey, how was your day yesterday, mate, before we get into what's coming up on another big show? Because we were texting back and forth. History was made yesterday. It certainly was. Uh, the king, LeBron James, has become the, the all-time NBA scorer in history. And we were texting. You had a conspiracy theory you threw out on air yesterday. Yeah. We were both keeping an eye on whether that was going to happen or not. We didn't need him to break the record yesterday. 
Yeah, against OKC. We thought it was going to happen against the Bucks. Come to fruition, but uh, he decided. No, nah, today's the day. Let's have a listen. Coming to the end of the third quarter, LeBron James a shot in history. So a couple of things happened to set the scene for us yesterday because it was one of those where were you moments when you were watching. We mentioned that the ticket price, I think the most expensive ticket was almost 70000 US dollars. Um, and everybody was there at Crypto Arena yesterday from former teammates like Dwayne Wade, his family was there. Um, uh, Shannon Sharp was there. He didn't get kicked off the court this time for starting fights with players. Jay-Z was fighting around. Jay-Z, of course he was. It was the place to be, the ticket to have. I was going through the stages of moving house once again, and I received a message from you saying he's going to do it. And I looked at the score at that point because I was locked into moving house. I'm so locked into moving house that I'm wearing my pyjamas right now because I moved all of my clothes to the other house. <laughs> which, which actually surprises me. I thought you, on a day like... It was yesterday. Yeah. Potential, or you you were keen on him uh, breaking it yes. tomorrow versus yep. uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. But I thought you would have been still couch, TV, just mm. sitting down, no distractions, beaming in on, on what was potentially about to happen. Bryce. Being I'll, the basketball be, nuffer you are. Yep. I'll be very clear and respectful when I say this. You're not married to my wife. Okay. So I needed to do it yesterday because okay. so, I love my kids. So I needed to make sure that I did everything right this week, okay? So um, I, I did sit down. I, I eventually sat down in front of the TV and watched it, and it was it was brilliant to watch because it was in the third quarter where he was progressing. We, we thought it was going to happen then, uh, and then it got to 10 seconds left in the third quarter, and he makes that shot. Now, the talk was that, Everybody thought he was going to try a hook shot because that's what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar always did. He wasn't smiling, Kareem. He didn't look happy that the record was going to be broken, and he's a competitive animal, so you'd think so. But then the iconic image of the shot is the thing that's being circulated on social media at the moment in comparison to the iconic image of Michael Jordan hitting that game winner. Everybody had their phones up taking photos, apart from one guy. Who <laughs> was sitting front and centre too, wasn't he? Yes. You couldn't miss him. But I love that story because that's Phil Knight. Yeah. The Nike guy. So he's sitting there next to LeBron's kids and he's just being present in the moment. And I really like that because um, I try to do that a fair bit too now. Like I try not to use my phone for everything and someone else is going to take a photo, which I can look at, but try and absorb yourself in the moment. The things that were missed... They lost the game, the Lakers. <laughs> so that's something that if you look at the Los Angeles social media account, there is no mention of the score at the end of that match. They should have won that game because they are sitting mid to bottom table. Um, LeBron played okay. Like, it was fine. But the whole mentality of the game was just like when in 2008, I think it was, Buddy kicked 100 and then everyone was trying to get the ball to Fev. Uh, were you playing in that game? I was trying to kick it to him. So that Can was the confirm. mentality? Uh, yeah, absolutely. In the last quarter, yeah, it was we, kept, we were 100 points down or something, something ridiculous. And I think it, that might have been the three-quarter time speech from Rats at the time. Just get it to him. Pretty much. <laughs> we didn't have anything to achieve out of the year. We finished bottom, I think. So it was like, well, we knew as players, we yeah. knew anyway. 
I love that. So it was a, just a bit of a nothing game, but then every everything stopped. So just as when someone kicks a, a, a 100 goal, so as even what Buddy Franklin did last year at the SCG, everybody runs on and there's a pause in the game. Now, the NBA did that, but then they went another level and they did a huge video presentation and handed him a microphone when there's 10 seconds left in the third quarter. <laughs> it was... Um was a little bit unusual, wasn't it? I, I did think they would, would stop and acknowledge yeah. what had just happened. There's, I didn't have any problems with that. But, yeah, it was like a 20-minute, half an hour, just shut the game down. And you're right, 10 seconds to go. I'm not even sure what happened in that final play. No. But, um, I mean, hats off to him. Like, this is a, a record that, well, for 40 years, we didn't think was going to get broken. Yeah. And now that it has just begs the question, will it ever get broken again? Well, it won't in our lifetime. You and wouldn't have thought so. Nah, it? not at all. Unless, uh, unless Cam Thomas keeps uh, averaging <laughs> 44 a game like he has Brooklyn player. in the past uh, three three games. So I, I also like the symbolism of it that it, he didn't uh, break the record with a free throw. Um, he managed to do it with his kind of trademark fadeaway to um, on a guy who was playing really good defense as well. So they, the Oklahoma guys didn't let it happen. Josh Giddy, Australia's very own Josh Giddy, he was part of that as well. And this is what he had to say. Um, you know, not many people thought this record would ever be broken. Um, and to be a part of history uh, for one of, with one of the all-time greats is um, is a special moment. You know, I was secretly hoping he would do it tonight just so I could be here and, and witness this just as everyone else did. As a player, you, you also are a fan. And, you know, the things he's done for the game over the last, you know, 20 or so years um, has inspired and, and is a mentor and role model to kids all around the world. So um, he was to me, um, you know, my favorite player growing up. So to be on the floor, you know, and share history, you know, like we did tonight uh, was special. And to record that, you know, never in our, game, in our lifetime will it, you know, be broken. Josh Giddy has also been in America for two years and he's sounding like he's been in America for 20 years now. <laughs> he does, that and that's a, an amazing story in itself. Yeah. Uh, Giddy grows up, LeBron being his idol, his favourite player, watches him play for years and years and he plays against him on the night that he breaks the record. Like, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. It's really hard to be in that position too. I spoke to Harvey Lopez from Adelaide United last week and – he was a captain of Espanyol in La Liga. And I asked him, what's it like to play on Messi and Ronaldo? And he said, during the time I was playing on them, I looked at them as my opponent and that's it. But now I can look back and say I shared the pitch with these players. So I think Josh would have been locked in, looking at LeBron going, no, nah, you're my um, competitor here. You'd still have that little bit of awe that you're playing against him. But later on, he'll reflect on it. Um, I wanted to quickly tell you about the time I met LeBron James, and I'm not trying to to name drop. It sounds like it, but I had this amazing experience. So back in 2012, my wife and I decided to go over to the States on uh, uh, just a little bit of a holiday. And what I wanted to do was go watch some NBA. I'd never done that before. And that was a massive bucket list thing. And I was working in the media at the time. So I contacted the NBA and said that I was a sports journalist. <laughs> They're like, yep, cool, no worries. So they gave me a media pass to two games. So what that meant, was I traveled to Brooklyn for Christmas Day in 2012. So I went to see Boston playing Brooklyn at the Barclay Center. New center, fantastic layout. The facilities were incredible. We still purchased tickets to go watch the game because I was so unsure what a media pass gave you. If you think about the AFL here, a media pass will give you access to the media rooms and that is about it. You not necessarily have access on the court or the field here in Australia. 
you may not get access to the player change rooms. You might go to a, a bit of red tape. The media pass in the NBA gives you access to everything. Oh, free-for-all. Everything. So I went to the Brooklyn-Boston game as a little bit of a, a trial and error to see what that would mean. And at the end of the match, holding my media pass, I went down to security and I held it up. And they're like, yep, great. And I'm, I'm overcautious. So I followed the media pack and I found myself inside the Brooklyn locker room. Then I found myself inside the Boston locker room. And I would go and stand next to Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, Darren Williams, and be part of their press conference, just standing next to them. And the other thing about the NBA is that you can ask anything that you like. It is not a structured press conference. You can go up to the players and put your microphone in front of their face and they have to answer that question. So I use that as a case study. We then traveled to Milwaukee. So in Milwaukee, which was rated the worst stadium in the NBA, we literally flew over there. No one goes to Milwaukee in America if you're going on a vacation, unless you like to go and have a look at um, the uh, Harley-Davidson Museum or there's a little bit of architecture there. So we went there. LeBron is taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. I was nervous because we had spent about $150 a ticket to get close to the court in case the media pass didn't work. The whole Miami team runs out apart from LeBron James. And I thought they are going to rest him tonight. There is no chance of this happening. Five minutes later, he runs out. I can't remember what happened in the game because the whole time I'm focusing on meeting LeBron James. We get to the end of the match. I get my media pass. I go straight to the Miami change room. They let me in and I stand in front of LeBron James. The whole media pack are around him. And I say to the guy next to me, hey, um, I'm going to ask LeBron a question. Is that okay? And he's like... Yeah, that's why you're here. You're media, yeah? I'm like, yeah, I'm media. Yeah, I am. I wasn't. And everybody moved from LeBron to their left, and they went to Dwayne Wade. And then it was myself and LeBron James. He was sitting in a towel, and that was it. And I said, hey, excuse me, LeBron. He looked up. Um, Jared, I've flown all the way from Australia to meet you. And this is a really important moment because he was either going to be really challenging or really good. He looked up, he shook my hand, and he said, it's really nice to meet you. I love Australia. Um, Where are you from in Australia? Literally had a conversation, and I was blown away. I asked him for a photo, and this is a part which is bittersweet. I hate it because he said the NBA will tell me off if I start having photos with everyone in the locker room. Um, I had taken a photo of him already Sneaky one. Sneaky one. So I knew I had that and I'm fine with it. But I also like I don't have that cool selfie picture with him. And I walked out. And the thing that um, my wife said to me, which will always stick in my mind, and it, it's funny when I say it back now, but at that time, because I let her stand outside in the snow in Milwaukee for three hours while I was waiting for that. So I'm surprised we're still this together. It's a big moment. For uh, it's a big moment. Big yeah, moment. I mean, Understandable. Yeah, it's the greatest moment of my life. And I've got two kids. Um, she said, he knows you exist. I'm like, that's awesome. And he could have been a, like a jerk. Hang on. So Miami lost that game, by did, the way, too. What was the question you asked him? Or you didn't ask a question in the end? Absolutely not. <laughs> you didn't no ask question. him a question. No, no. I just introduced myself, <laughs> shook his hand, and I haven't washed my hands since. <laughs> like, I just, I just got so rattled. And I was like, I had to have a few beers afterwards because I was that rattled. I deleted all of my social media afterwards because I'm like, there is no photo or status that will beat ever that. beat it. I'm back now, but I went on a bit of a hiatus. There you go. It's How good is that? It's amazing. So um, he knows I exist. So we're going to try and get him on the show. 
That'd be nice. <laughs> we'll get Jace to get him on the show. Um, if you want to get on the show, we are here thanks to, uh, thanks to Tire Power. Big holiday sale is now on. Plenty of ways you can do that. The talk back line, one 736 736 uh, A lot of big guests coming up as well. We'll tell you who they are after this. Good morning. Is this entertaining? Tire Power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 20 minutes past six on this Thursday morning, going for a warm one today. 36 degrees, cools down over the weekend though, so we appreciate you listening. Uh, A lot of big name guests today too. Daniel Menzel is going to join us to talk about the Super Bowl. Marty Matner, the head coach of the Sturt Football Club and um, a a name which is, well, very unfamiliar to South Australian sport. Mark Bickley, he will be joining us uh, just before 9 o'clock too. Let's get prep. The Athletes' Choice of Performance Hydration Drinks with The Wire. Jace, our producer, good morning. How was your night last night, mate? I woke you up from a nap. You did, um, and I appreciated that because I'd napped too long. Mm. Uh, <laughs> For those involved in Brecky Radio for uh, any sort of stretch, the afternoon nap or the nana nap is an essential item. Okay. I would have thought. Have you, you've done this before, so you'd know all about that. Yeah, I'm not napping lately, though. I, I feel like we can power through, and I don't know what you think, Bryce, but I think just toughen up. All right. Um, I, Bryce will... thoughts? I think he's still on a bit of a high. You yeah. Know, back, back in the radio scene. He's yeah. right. New... New job, back in the hot seat. I reckon he's just up and about. He'll He'll, 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 he'll crash. He'll crash soon. So uh, Gibbsy, of course, uh, out uh, there at Panther Park. Once he leaves here, he's got the uh, the full time gig out there. Have you got a nap location out there at Flinders University Stadium? Somewhere that you go and hide for a little. Afternoon kippage. Is this going somewhere? <laughs> it's, not, oh, it's not. It's not actually. <laughs> uh, no, we have. Uh, I share an office with Mark Clayton, the uh, the talent manager and under 18s coach, and we have a little couch in our office. Nice. So it's not. It's an awkward size. It's not quite big enough to get comfortable and lay. You're not down, napping on it together. It's just no, one. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh yeah. <laughs> But why I was thought this was going somewhere, I actually had a, a little nap on it <laughs> a week or two ago. Did you? And it got snapped. Someone walked past and took a photo of me and put it on the, we have a coffee chat uh, group at the club and yeah, stitched me up. So um, I was just getting a, you know, well, quick 20 minutes in before yeah, we had right. a big, big training session. So I can't believe this hasn't made my way, uh, its way across that's what my I, desk that's yet. That's exactly yeah. what I thought was going on there, but uh, I've, just sort, do- I've just dobbed myself in for no reason. You, you did. I'm going to sort these guys out down at Panther Park. Uh, questions for Twitter today. Well, the obvious one has to be asked, doesn't it? So who is the greatest basketballer of all time? Let's settle this once and for all. Is it LeBron James? Is it Michael Jordan? Is it Kobe Bryant? Or is it someone else? Mm. I think we all know the answer now. Here's the thing, though. Is it objective? Is it something? Is it as simple as going, LeBron James, no one scored more points than him? Um, or it's not like tennis, is it, where you can look to Grand Slam titles and go, okay, Novak's won 22. Uh, he's tied with Rafael Nadal. When he wins his 23rd, he's clearly the greatest of all time. It's a bit more objective than that in basketball. Yeah, and I don't think there will ever be a solid answer. I think it's all generational, too. Like, I'm – I started really loving basketball through LeBron James. So I I think the last dance kind of educated a lot of people of the impact that Michael Jordan had on um, not just basketball, but also sport, pop culture. 
Um, statistically now with the points, LeBron is, it's there. He's the greatest scorer of all time, but there's also impact that you have on a team championships and generations. They hold the championships in very, very high regard as all sports do, don't they? So Jordan, what, he's got six. LeBron does have four and he, he has said that he's still got a couple of years left in him. So if he can pitch, pinch another championship or two in the next couple of years, say, and you never know because it's LeBron and everyone's you know, knocked him from time to time. He just keeps producing at a high level, even at the age of 38. Mm. If he can pinch another championship or two, like it's a no-brainer, isn't mm. it? Really. It's an interesting debate. And I reckon there's some parallels about the debate here with this with this three and the parallels on the big three in tennis. Um, so... I don't know for whatever reason if you're a, a Novak if you're in the Novak court you seem to be in the LeBron James court. It's, as well. it, you're right. I think it is subjective though because you you look at what's just happened with the FIFA World Cup with people saying the argument's over now. Messi's the greatest of all time because he's a World Cup winner. But then the people on the Ronaldo side say, well, Ronaldo has won trophies in different countries in different leagues around the world, while Messi has only been in Spain and in France. So. I think it just depends what mood you're in to see whatever suits your argument. Yeah. Yep. But I think when it comes all said and done, when you think about it, how lucky are we to have witnessed in this oh, generation yeah. the the players at the top of their game in a lot of codes? You, you know, LeBron, Messi, Ronaldo, as you said, um, Brady's just retired. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've been pretty lucky. Jo- Joker, Federer, like... Gibbs. <laughs> yeah, Gibbs. Uh, so we've been... Absolutely lucky to, to witness all these players. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Um, our second Twitter poll today um, is what's more important in AFL football today, right, in today's game? Is it more important to have elite disposal skills or elite fitness? Now, this is a constant debate as well as to whether uh, you can be a footballer in inverted commas and still be an elite athlete um, at the same time, whether those things are exclusive, mutually exclusive. I think it's uh, an interesting one because we seem to be going down the path of drafting athletes and teaching them to become footballers rather than the other way around. So I don't know. What are you, what are you both thinking on that? In particular, B. Gibbs. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great, great debate, a great question, Jase. So well done this morning. Um, I think... If you asked me, you know, five, six years ago, I think it was it would be a little bit easier in terms of uh, I think the skill would be more important. But the way the game's gone and the the intensity it, that's gone up and um, players are getting fitter, the, the strength and conditioning programs are getting more um, insightful and more intense, um, you know, there's no doubt you have to have you have to have a level of fitness. Does everyone have to be at absolutely elite fitness? I mean, some people just can't. Can't you know? Can it's like a, like a skill you can train and train and train for it, but sometimes you just might not be as good as other people. But there's certainly a level of fitness that is required to to play AFL footy, and it's it's a lot higher than than the average. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you said the other day. You you were talking about your running and saying that you didn't love running, but you still even though you were running shorter distances uh, or shorter times compared to others, you still accumulated the ball a fair bit and you were an elite player. Similarly, um, Joe Watson, it's been well documented that he would be a horrible runner but still get 40 touches a game and have an impact on the game. So they weren't just 40 possessions, they were impactful possessions. So I think it kind of ticks both depending on the the situation. Yeah, I I think it's, if you compare the two, it's harder to 
get to at, a, at the top level in a skill, a certain skill, than it is the, to get to the elite level in, in terms of fitness. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's close, but you, you certainly need a high level of fitness just to be able to compete with the average uh, in, mm. in an AFL game these days. But, um, yeah, I mean, you look at some of the – the elites in their craft in, in the AFL, you, know, you talk about stoppage craft and one-take players in terms of Lockie Neal. You talk about four craft, at Tom Hawkins comes to mind, the lead-up forward. So, um, yeah, you look at those guys in, in their particular one wood and what they're very good at, um, it's it's hard to replicate. All right, let us know on social media. Thank you, Jace too. And we have a we have a surprise gift we'll give you later on, Bryce, to say thank you for everything that you have done. It's not here now. It's coming a little bit later on to say thank you. And it is not the Bryce's right. It's something else, but it's an emotional day today. If you want to get in touch with the show, one 736 736 And don't forget about prep, the athlete's choice of performance, hydration, drinks. It's 28 minutes past six. Good morning. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 27 minutes to 7. Happy Thursday morning. Warm one today, so get hydrated right now. Uh, 36 degrees. It cools down on Friday and for the weekend too. We are here thanks to more team Ford Mount Barker. For V6 Ranger, there's a lot happening around the world of sport at the moment, including that first test over in India. We will provide you exclusive coverage right here on SEN. We'll talk more about that after the news. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Plenty of texts coming through. 0427-154-166 at 22 to 7. We'll get through them shortly. If you are listening on the app, it's a very good way of doing so. You can uh, get in touch with us directly. And we are live in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. There's people going for their morning jogs. It's going to be a beautiful day across Adelaide today. Bryce? Yeah, the weather's starting to fine up a little bit this week, which is nice, which is nice. That's what we want. Let's get into the sports update. We mentioned yesterday uh, was a big day, record-breaking day, one of those where-were-you moments. We did actually have a, a text in from uh, one of our listeners, Callum, saying, I picked up my son from school yesterday and had the game on my phone with a counter going in the corner. We watched the game and uh, watched LeBron do this. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history, LeBron stands alone! The NBA's all-time scoring record now belongs to LeBron James. So we were unsure whether he was going to actually get the 36 points needed yesterday, but uh, there was a few few signs that he was was keen to get it done. Uh, one of them was when he walked into the arena. He was wearing this three or four piece black suit. He uh, yep. he looked extremely sharp. And then a a video came out post game of him talking to his kids. I'm not sure if it was directly at the start of the game or it was in one of the the timeouts when he was on the bench. But uh, this is what the conversation uh, went. Uh, 16.8 points a quarter. Go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get it. Uh, I'll get it. Uh, yeah. So, we, yeah. He, he his knew sons it. have basically said, Dad, it's time. Just make it happen. And he goes, I'll go and get it. The other thing that he was wearing 
in a very LeBron fashion, he was wearing his Beats by Dre headphones, and at the top of the Beats by Dre headphones, it had 38388 written on top of them, indicating the career points needed to become the league's all-time leading scorer. So... That again, that could have backfired yesterday, <laughs> like those premiership T-shirts. It could, and I think after the first five or six minutes, he hadn't scored either. Yeah. So it was going to be like, oh, he needs to get going here. But you could tell once he he started to drop a few buckets. Uh, I certainly noticed Russell Westbrook starting to look for him a bit more, and yeah. uh, so did his other teammates. So once he started getting on a roll, uh, they were feeding him flat out, and he started sinking them pretty quickly. This is what he had to say at the end. You know, I had a moment, you know, obviously when it happened and, and embracing that moment and seeing my family and my friends and, you know, you know people that has been, you know, around me since I started this journey, um, even before the NBA. So, you know, I definitely had a moment right there, very emotional, just to, you know, knowing just, you know, me be from a, a kid from a small town in Ohio and, and uh, you know, um, you know, I had a moment there, but I don't think it's really hit me on what, what just transpired. Um, um, as much as I tried to live in the moment, it was kind of a blur, you know, looking back there and seeing my, seeing my guys back there and being, you know, out there on the floor with my kids and my wife and my mom. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool feeling. I noticed this yesterday too, and I'm, I might be too much of a LeBron James fan looking too close into it. When they spoke to him and he gave his speech on the court after he broke the record, I've never seen him drop an F-bomb publicly like that he's he's always in control and he always knows the cameras are rolling and i i feel that was really symbolic that he was really rattled by that moment the only other time i've seen him cry was um when they won the championship in cleveland when kobe bryant passed away and they had the memorial at that same arena and then so for him dropping an f-bomb i thought okay he's really caught up in this moment and it means so much which, which i think that's a special type of swearing. Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone had an issue with it. No one. Cared. No, and it, I mean, if he gets fined fifty thousand dollars, he's probably got that in one of his shoes. They'll so. probably waive it. For this <laughs> one, I reckon, just uh, just for the for the for the moment. What um, else is happening in sport? Uh, Big let's day talk today. About some cricket. The the test starts in India today, but uh, there's obviously been a lot of uh, controversy around the wicket that's been prepared. Um, there's a bit of a mystery with the selection as well with Todd Murphy and Peter Hanscom in the mix to be last-minute additions. Uh, Crash Craddock spoke to SEN's Waitley yesterday regarding uh, the team selection in light of the pitch conditions. I, I've never seen a, a pitch prepared, a two-tone pitch like this, where you deliberately refuse to water an area of the pitch on the, due to the balance of the opposition team, with Australia having six left-handers out of their first top eight players. And it, it, it's absolutely dreadful, isn't it? But um, and, and I've never seen a situation where a guy like Matt Renshaw, who's a left-hander, could sacrifice his place in the team to right-hander Peter Hanscom on the basis of the condition of a portion of the pitch. Like, it's yeah. just... That is a story Test cricket has never had before. Australia is deep in discussions, Jared, over its team. And don't write off Victoria's very own Todd Murphy for making one of the most stunning Test taboos we've seen in many, many years. 
quickly on that too. Uh, I think it's brilliant that Jared Waitley's over there and we're doing that as part of SEN. Like, it, it's so easy to sit in a studio and call it from the TV. But the fact we've got a team over there to bring you ball-by-ball coverage, I think that's awesome. So keep it on SENSA if you want to hear that coverage. It starts today. Not bad by uh, Jared, is it? Just nah. off to India for the for the test. He'll be in, in uh, the States for the Super Bowl as well. <laughs> he's over in the States at the moment previewing the Super Bowl. He's, uh, he's absolutely everywhere at the moment is Jared Waitley. Uh, Adelaide United confirmed a couple of good signings uh, yesterday. Uh, midfielder Luke Giselle and Jay Barnett yesterday. So 21-year-old Giselle most recently played for Western United, totaling 16 senior appearances. Uh, and also Barnett, 21 years old, uh, South Australian native, actually, and he signed until the end of the 25-26 season. So a couple of handy additions for our Adelaide United boys. I like that. And the, the most important part about that is uh, the South Australian connection. So we get a young South Aussie kid back at Adelaide United, and um, they're both quality players that are ready to go right now. And I think that's a good thing about the transfer window is that players are ready to play. It's not like they're, they're joining in pre-season, and Adelaide United need midfielders with the, the loss of Juan Day. Um, and a couple of injury concerns. So they're away this weekend, and then um, they will play against the Western Sydney Wanderers on the 19th of Feb. It's going to be a really special pre-match to raising uh, funds for uh, the flood relief. So make sure you get your tickets to see Adelaide United. We are here thanks to Mourn Team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. If you want to get in touch with the show, one 736 736 Good morning. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. As always, some big name guests coming up on the show. Good morning if you are just waking up. Our number one 736 736 Dan Menzel, not too far away. SENSA's very own to talk everything. Super Bowl, Marty Matner from the Double Blues. And also Mark Bickley is going to join us before the end of the show. It's like your passing the baton over Gibbsy to um, Bix. Um, it's going to be a really emotional end of the show today, so you don't want to miss it around 8.20. Um, I'm a crier, so I might cry. <laughs> That's okay. We're all friends here. You it won't get awkward if I cry? If, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Okay, I hope not. Well, we'll worry about that later. For, for now, let's do this. You talk too much. You talk too much. We like to have a look around the rest of the SEN family and to see uh, some of the big conversations that have occurred. We were just talking about the first test in Nagpur over in India, which we are covering exclusively. So keep it on SENSA. On Sports Day last night, Kane Corns and Jared Healy had a conversation with former test great Ravi Shastri talking about the conditions and preparation of the wicket, which has been highly spoken about. I've called it cheating. Is that fair? Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing on that side. It's more hype, more than anything else, you know, uh, surrounding this uh, first test match. It always happens. At the end of this first test, I'm sure there'll be someone who's got 100. And if someone can get 100 on that test, or, you know, 80 plus on that pitch, you know, he's played well. Uh, very, very direct language there from Ravi. Well, I tell you, it'd be very unlikely that one of the left-handed Australians are going to be making 100 on that mm. pitch. I can... Guarantee that, I reckon, or just about guarantee that. Uh, unbelievable scenes. So Kane called it cheating. It's a very, it's a very big call, and it's a, it's a huge thing. Um, 
but you sound like you don't disagree with that. Yeah, cheating's a very strong word. Uh, But I don't know, I just think if we were doing that here in Australia, can you imagine the uproar from people? Doctoring a pitch to obviously each country wants the conditions to suit their team and and their batters and their bowlers, et cetera. But to to only be watering certain parts of the pitch, um, mowing certain parts of the pitch when – what was it? Six out of the the eleven players of bats, uh, left-handed batsmen. Yeah, like it, it just it it stinks. It stinks. It's not exclusive mine. to India though, because if you think about our Australian summer, now it wasn't done to this extreme, but the the pitches were certainly coming under fire. Especially, I think it was in Brisbane after so many wickets fell in that Test match there. So. The, the curators are really top of mind at the moment all around the world. The, the best thing Australia can do now is come out and win. Imagine that. Well, it's just going to add extra motivation to, to the Aussies. Mm. There's no doubt about that. And there's already a bit of a, a steely mindset leading into this test in terms of that we haven't won over there, won a series over there for a very long time. Uh, the boys are certainly up for a bit, and this is just going to add more, more fuel to the fire. There's no doubt about it. This is what Steve Smith said about the pitch. Pretty dry, uh, particularly one end, um, that I think will uh, take a bit of spin, um, particularly the left arm spinners spinning it back into our left-handers. Um, there's a section there that's quite dry. Um, other than that, I, I can't really get a good gauge on it. I'm not sure. I don't think there'll be a heap of bounce in the wicket. I think it'll be quite, for the seamers, quite skiddy um, and maybe a bit of up and down movement as the game goes on. Um, the cracks felt uh, quite loose. Um, so, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, we'll, we'll wait and see when we get out there. It's really been interesting to hear from Darcy Fogarty from the Adelaide Crows too as they are gearing up for their pre-season matches when both teams head over to Western Australia to take on the Dockers and the West Coast Eagles. The Fog was speaking about the next generation players. We're at the stage now we're all getting around the 50-game mark and we're all settling in and sort of building that base. So, um, bluntly, probably yes. I think it's time to take the pressure off Tex and um, Roy Laird and Sloaney and all that. I wanted to ask you, Bryce, about that 50-game mark. Is that a true indicator of where players are at in their career and almost like a if they've actually got what it takes to make it at the level? Do you need those 50 games? Yeah, your, 50, your first 50 is like your apprenticeship. You, you get a bit of a taste of what it's all about. You, you're still learning in your first, you know, first to third year, I reckon, learning what it, what it takes to be a professional athlete. Uh, your, your skills are improving each year. You're getting fitter. You're getting stronger. And yeah, 50 games is probably the the time that you, it's, you need to start taking more responsibility for your your performances and and your output. There's no doubt about that. Probably the the hundred hundred games plus is when you start getting into your to your wheelhouse to start performing towards your your best footy. So um oh fog's hundred percent right. I mean Tex, Sloney, what have they got left in them? A year, maybe two at the max. Uh Laddie's upwards of thirty now, uh, and have been those three have been their better players over the last four or five years. So Fog's hundred percent right. Um they went through a, a phase, a rebuild phase, which we've heard about um at at nauseam for a couple of years now, and it's time for those those guys that were taken in the first round, the second round, uh, have, have got these games under their belt now to help. It's it's their time to take this club back back to the finals. So, would you think then that this season, twenty twenty three, is 
the season to see if those players, because the Crows have a lot of those 50-game players or around the mark, just below or just above, this is going to be a fair bit of pressure and we'll get a real look at where they're at by the end of this season. We certainly will. And they've said publicly it's all about improving each year and, and they have done that in the last couple of seasons. They're, they're talking finals as a potential goal this year. So uh, the, they're going to be watched closely. And if they have a, a year where it doesn't live up to expectations, especially from a win-loss point of view, um, there'll be some pressure starting to mount at, uh, at West Lakes. But uh, at the same time, they certainly could be up for it. We've seen uh, some of their performances uh, last year. You know, we know they have a crack. They're relentless around the contest. They, they will have a dip, um, probably lacked a little bit of polish, but then they go out and they get it. And Isaac Rankin, they, they got a Jordan Dawson last year who, who will certainly help with that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they go this year. And it is time to start improving significantly, I think, for the Adelaide Crows. Before we talk to Ange on 1300 736 736, the Fog also spoke about his own individual performance and development. I guess I worked all that stuff out a little bit towards the end of the year and I was lucky enough to see some a little bit of reward at the, the back end. So hopefully that flows on. I'll keep, keep working on that and hopefully can string it together for a full year for once. And last season, his best at the club by far. And that, that would give a lot of excitement to the Crows fans because I'm sure that his name came up into conversations whether he was going to make it or not. Yeah, and that's what I just spoke about before, about in your first you know first to third year, you're, you're still working it out. And that's exactly... What happened to Fogg? He was a, a country boy who, you know, thought a pie and a pasty for lunch was was fine. And mm. you could just do that uh, when coming into the AFL system as well. He's at a point now where he, he knows his body. He knows what he can and can't get away with. He knows what he responds to. He's uh, gotten a lot fitter, built, built his tanks. Obviously, the gym in the in the last couple of pre-seasons, he's stronger. And he compete with, and he can compete now with these these key defenders who who are trying to trying to stop him uh, getting a getting a touch and kicking goals. So um, that just comes with maturity. And we saw him take uh, some great steps last year. And and he sounds like he's more determined than ever to to keep trending in the, the upwards direction. We are here thanks to Tire Power. The big holiday sale is now on on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Ange, good morning. You wanted to quickly talk about the cricket. Yeah, good morning, boys. Yeah, I was just looking at the uh, the way that the curators um, fixed the pitch up there and made it really uh, hard for the left-handers to bat. If I was Australia, I wouldn't have said a word. You know, when I was asked about, you know, you know, what do you think about the pitch and is it cheating, I would have said nothing. I would have said stuff like, you know what, we don't care what they do, mate. We'll play wherever. We'll play on the road. You can put bricks on the pitch. You can put pebbles or stones on the pitch. We'll play wherever. That's how I'd be. For me... The fact that the Indian curators have done what they've done tells me that they fear the Australian cricket team and tells them that, you know, and as an Australian player, I'd be more motivated seeing that. And uh, But I just wish they said nothing when they were asked the question. No, thanks, Ange. I find the, the Aussies have been okay, the players speaking about it. Steve Smith was pretty measured. I feel like everybody else is outraged on the players' behalf. Yeah, in a few of the, the players' interviews, they have played a pardon the poll, pun intended, played a straight bat. Yeah, good, I like uh, that pun. In, well done. Uh, <laughs> in, uh, in their answers and, and what they've said. So it, it, it probably has been a little bit more media pumped up than, than what it probably is. But, yeah. yeah, I reckon I agree with Ange. Give them nothing. It's, uh, you play the mind games before leading into it and 
Uh, yeah, say we'll play you anywhere, anytime. Let's go. I, I don't, I don't mind that, Ange. Thanks, Ange. You're going to the running for the Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at fifty nine ninety five. The Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered twenty four seven. Plenty coming up after seven o'clock as well. Dan Menzel's going to talk Super Bowl. Mark Bickley joining us on the show today as well, alongside Marty Matner. It is SENSA. Good morning. Tire power, winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Three minutes past seven on this Thursday. Good morning. 36 degrees today. A warm one across Adelaide. Uh, tomorrow, 29 and the weekend is in the mid-20s. So perfect February weather. And we have... A big show still to come. We are live from SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bryce, it is our last show together today until Mark Bickley joins on Tuesday morning. Bix is going to to make his way in here um, before the end of the show. And I feel like he's going to try and mark his territory, pardon the pun, or um, he's just here to to embrace and have the the torch passing. Is it going to be frosty or is everything going to be okay? Why would there be uh, tensions? Well, because you and I have great chemistry and we have an awesome time, and I think he'd be threatened. Oh, well, that's, uh, he's just got a lot to live up to. That's all right. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Keep him on his toes. Um, Dan Menzel is going to tell us everything that we know about the Super Bowl because he loves his American sport. So our chat with mate, uh, you can make the switch to mate internet and mobile. Looking forward to that. Marty Matner, who I saw Marty Matner more at Adelaide Oval over summer at the cricket that I've seen him coaching football. He was the biggest fanboy at all of the cricket, which was fantastic to see. Um, and uh, Doc Clark, we're going to get a, a try and get in touch with as well. He's got some really good stuff going on um, with social sport around Adelaide. Let's turn our attention really quickly, though, to what's happening with Manchester City at the moment. We didn't get to it yesterday. They are in all sorts of pain at the moment. Um, for those of you just keeping up with it, they're richest and watch the league in the Premier League. Um, They've been challenged Manchester City. Dozens of charges alleged breaches of the league's financial monitoring rules dating from 2009. 30 more charges relate to Man City's lack of cooperation in the past five seasons with the Premier League. What they're suggesting is there's leaked evidence that's led to UEFA and has led to the the governing body saying they have uh, two sets of books and they've been dodgy. And what it could mean is that... um, they have all sorts of sanctions coming their way, including potentially being kicked out of the Premier League, um, potentially not being able to sign any players, and it's it's driving everyone crazy. Um, let's have a listen to what Simon Hill had to say, because he's a Man City supporter. Before we get your take, Gibbsy. It's a very murky world at, uh, at the top of world football, and unfortunately, you know, this is what you get with a global game that is worth billions of dollars. It's very difficult to keep track of all the money, uh, particularly for laymen like us. And, uh, mm. you know, you hope the due process will be followed for the for the Premier League. And look, if they're guilty, and I'm a Manchester City fan, have been all my life, then, you know, they deserve to be sanctioned. Simple as that. That's big for Simon Hill to say that. Uh, it It is massive because of where they sit when it comes to not just their position in the Premier League, the Champions League, but also uh, the impact that it has on all of the other clubs they own around the world, including Melbourne City here in Australia. Yeah, you're spot on. And not just for the last year or two. It's been the best part of the last 10 years, really. They've been quite dominant 
uh, in recent times. And yeah, I mean, then you start thinking about if uh, you know the, the years that they won the Premier League. Like, does it do they get stripped of that? Do they does it take the shine off it if they're, they're allowed to keep them? Uh, what does the rest of the season look like? Yeah, do they, like uh, Pep Guardiola, the the manager, like he's he'll be gone, like yep. straight away. Like the the fallout from this, once the investigation has finished, will be will have to be significant. This is what Craig Foster had to say. If it's proven and it's of a significant scale, which it appears to be. Um, I would do what uh, a Serie A did with uh, Juventus and I'd boot them out of the competition and and uh, they'd have to fight their way back up. A lot of Man United fans would be really happy to hear that. It was great hearing from Simon Hill, though, because he spoke about the A-League and the situation it's in at the moment into the second half of the season now. The, the W-League's almost wrapping up their season. But again, the conversation continues about expansion. A lot of people, probably myself included, would prefer... Uh, the expansion clubs to come from uh, existing outfits via a national second division. But given that, you know, that's going to need a few years to bet in, and I'm aware that the A-League men's competition wants to get up to 14 clubs as soon as possible, and I completely understand that because you want a proper home and away season, 13 home, 13 away, 26 games in total. Uh, Now, what I'm led to believe is that uh, Canberra and Auckland are the two preferred cities. I don't know if that's 100% correct. That's only what I'm hearing. So we're already talking about expansion. It's been uh, a couple of seasons where the A-Leagues introduced MacArthur and Western United. Um, Both of them have done quite well. Western United are A-League champions and then MacArthur are Australia Cup champions. So they've got some silverware already. But is the A-League ready for more teams? I'm not sure. Well, it sounds like this has been a, a plan in the works for quite some time, and he said they, they would like to get to 14 teams, ideally. Uh, Canberra, Auckland, do you reckon they're the sort of places that it could work or be a bit more challenging? Canberra has a, a W League team already, which is quite well supported. Auckland's the interesting one because Wellington Phoenix are already in the A-League, and New Zealand have a very good football culture. I'm not sure if logistically that would work within the A-League system. I think it would be great rivalry for um, New Zealand, but I don't know. I think there's a lot of young talent here in Australia to sustain a league, but I also don't want it to become uh, a glorified youth league. I think we've got really good talent here. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I'm really happy with where the league's at at the moment and not having to expand straight away because there's also the risk of clubs not being financially stable to stay afloat. And there are so many clubs in the A-League that are struggling financially. That's just the reality of a sport where it's not the the most popular sport in Australia when it comes to crowds and sponsorship and financial situation. I would much prefer to not expand than to have an expansion side for two years and see them fold. And we've seen Gold Coast fold. We've seen North Queensland Fury fold. They've, they've already had clubs who um, haven't been able to survive financially. So I don't know. Yeah, well, it will be interesting. Uh, and you're spot on. If if they do find themselves in a bit of hurt after a couple of years, yeah, can they keep them going? That, that will be 
that will be the question. So a uh, bit of a watch this space, I think. Got a couple of texts coming through already on 0427 We appreciate you doing that. If you are listening on the app, there's a button there where you can send us a text or we'd love to speak with you as well. What do you got for us, Bryce? Uh, yeah, uh, we've got one from Daniel. MJ is the number one. We, we asked who is the, the greatest NBA player of all time, uh, LeBron, MJ, Kobe, uh, MJ is number one because he is one of humility. LeBron is so far self-absorbed and it, or that it's not funny. Uh, so Daniel, not a huge fan of LeBron and thinks he's a bit self-absorbed. He said it goes okay. back to the, the decision where he had the, uh, the big media presentation to say that he's taking his talents to South Beach. I think he even come out and said that was a bit that was ridiculous. A so uh, we'll, we can forgive him for that. Uh, Greg off the text lines, not uh, too fond of the this American sports conversation, so we tuned out for five minutes. Uh, being a sports show, um, we'll continue to talk about all things sport, Greg. So just a heads up there. Uh, and one from Callum, when Pix comes in, can Bryce hand the mic over a la Kareem to LeBron style? Uh, then Bryce can sit down and have a sip of soda. I think you should be able to do that. Yeah, we'll you'd be happy we'll with have that? a ceremony will do. Uh, and, Maybe uh, the, the little pod that you've just given me, I can go sip a, uh, it's a very good pod. short black. You've had four coffees already this morning um, and you're up and I like it. Um, <laughs> Greg, thank you very much for your text. You're going to love what we got next because we're talking American sport with Dan Menzel. If you want to give us a call, one 736 736 Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 17 minutes past seven on this Thursday, 36 degrees today. Mark Bickley joining us live in the studio from Tuesday. We'll catch up with him before the end of the show too because it's the last day of Summer Breakfast here at SENSA. Right now, though, it's time to have a chat with one of our mates. Make the switch to mate, internet and mobile. Bryce, we thought, because, you know, we love our American sport. We love the NBA. We love the NFL, but not as much as our next guy who's part of our family here at SENSA. We speak of Dan Menzel, a.k.a. Ken Farmer. Morning, mate. How are you? Well, it's great to join you and Bryce. And, uh, yeah, it's a massive week in American sports. I can't wait for the Super Bowl to kick off on Monday. So you're taking the day off, men's? Just settle in nicely at a pub somewhere uh, and watch it? Or you watch it from um, home? What's the plan? I might have scheduled a few things and moved a few things around, Bryce. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be at a pub somewhere with a few mates watching it. Um, and then uh, we'll actually be on SEN Sports Day that afternoon to break down the game, which would be great. Now, we had a text come through from Greg. Now, Greg said that when we talk about American sport, he's going to switch off. Now, if we've, if we've still got Greg listening, this is your opportunity, Dan, to sell the Super Bowl to the fans that don't know too much about it. Talk about the matchup between the teams. Talk about why it's important and who we need to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. So I think with the way sports going and media and marketing and the day and age uh, that we are in, it's going to continue to go this way where American sports become bigger in Australia. And you're seeing that with the next generation of, uh, of kids coming through that are passionate about it. And so Monday's game starts at 10 a.m. here in Adelaide. Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl 57. 
Uh, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'll get that out of the way early. Um, and so I'm hoping that they can win their second Super Bowl in only five years. They won it back in uh, Super Bowl 52 when they knocked off the New England Patriots and Tom Brady 41 to 33. So they're back in the Super Bowl only five years ago. The Kansas City Chiefs were there just two years ago. They took on Tom Brady as well. It was Tampa Bay that year. And Tampa Bay were far too good. They won 31 to nine against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, who was their quarterback, was sacked twice, uh, three times in that game and threw two interceptions as well. So there's two teams that have been very good for a long time that are there in the Super Bowl. Um, if you're looking for a team to barrack for, I am biased, but uh, there is an Australian running around, an offensive lineman called Jordan Malata for the Philadelphia Eagles, who has uh, come from absolutely nowhere and uh, will be playing in the Super Bowl on Monday. This is what he had to say. You know, my goals and, and dreams are a bit different to all my teammates. You know, they've been playing this sport since they were young kids. And for me, it just it just started five years ago. So I, I don't know who I'd dedicate it to. Probably my parents probably be the safest answer. But, um, yeah, probably my parents. It's only just begun. Still writing the story. Just trying to do my best, man, every day, put my best foot forward. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Whatever gets written is, 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 is done. And uh, hopefully I can walk away from this sport and uh, leave a legacy that I'm proud of and uh, something that will stay in America forever. So it's obviously a, uh, on paper, it looks like a pretty pretty good matchup, Dan. We know uh, Mahomes, uh, the superstar that he is, he's battling a bit of an, an ankle sprain at the moment. Uh, how, how can Philly knock him off? Is it just as simple as good defense, keep the ball out of his hands to, so he can't work his magic? Or have they got a, a couple of uh, big things that they can attack uh, Kansas City with? Because um, they've been they've had an unbelievable consistent year, Philly. They have Philly. They've. Um, I think the thing for Philly is they are fast starters. Now, in the last two games, the NFC Championship game and the divisional round, they beat the 49ers 31 to seven and the Giants 38 to seven. But at halftime in those games, they're up 21 to 7 and 28 to nil. So they get out the blocks really quickly, really early. So I expect them to do the same thing, which will then put the pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you touched on Patrick Mahomes and his ankle injury that he has. They have a great defensive line, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they have four players in their team that have recorded 10 sacks, which is when you tackle the quarterback. And that's never been done in the history of the NFL. So... Patrick Mahomes is going to be under a lot of pressure. He's going to be blitzed a lot. That's what happened two years ago against Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl when he just couldn't get any space and any time. So for Philly to win this game, they will look to do the exactly the same thing as that game. They'll replicate it where they can rush Mahomes. They'll put him under pressure because he is the best quarterback in the NFL. You can't allow him to have that time. Uh, conversely, for Kansas City, a really massive and pivotal player for them is Travis Kelsey, who is... Arguably, with Rob Gronkowski, the best tight end in history. Uh, he has uh, had a really good playoff so far. He's had uh, 20 catches for over 150 yards and three touchdowns in the two games. He's going to be massive in the blocking game, but also in the catching game. So I expect that the Philly offensive line and the defensive line, the big blokes, the Jordan Mailatas, will have a massive impact on this game. And uh, I think they're going to really help propel Philadelphia to victory. So, Dan, I guess the most important question that I've got for you is, do you think the person who's under the most pressure is Rihanna performing at halftime? We haven't seen her 
um, as a performer. She went quiet from music for a couple of years, and if she doesn't perform her greatest hits, it could be a real disaster of a Super Bowl halftime performance. Uh, look, I expected something like this from you, Oxy. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Brianna. Um, it's, uh, the Super Bowl is much watched around the world, but I feel like the halftime show is uh, even greater amount of people watching. It's, uh, it's an incredible spectacle. I always wonder if the players in the change rooms at halftime are tuning into the halftime show. There's been some great ones um, over the journey. Snoop Dogg was there last year. Yep. Um, in LA and uh, yeah look she's under a bit of pressure uh, without doubt in Arizona so she uh, won't have to worry about weather at all but um, yeah it's going to be one that uh, I, I like it I like the call of Rihanna it's just mixing up from last year she's under a lot of pressure it's a great call That's, this has been my favourite chat we've had over the past three weeks you are elite at this stuff man so thank you so much mate enjoy it Yeah, spend the weekend hydrating though please because we know it's going to be a big Monday for you it will be a big one now. I'll hydrate all weekend and I'll continue that on Monday. Hey, Dan Menzel has been brilliant. You can hear him on SENSA2. And, mate, 5G mobile plans from just $40. I'm up and about now with that, Bryce. I'm up and about. What, because uh, you get to see Rihanna perform no. for the first time in a few years? No, what? what I like about Dan is that he knows what he's talking about. And what what uh, I, I think sometimes um, – I've heard someone say before, with, with the NFL and with Super Bowl, you either love it or you don't understand it. But if you do start understanding it and give it time, you will end up loving it. A lot of us think, oh, no, nah, it's boring. It takes too long. But when you stop down and have a look at it, and he explained it so well for everyone because there are so many incredible athletes there. And he's not only uh, very insightful in the NFL. I think he's across the, the NBA just as much as well. So obviously loves his American sport, Dan Menzel. And uh, we're wrapped to have him uh, as a part of the SEN family. Got a text too saying, is Josh Giddy the third Menzel brother? He looks exactly like them, but his bank balance is where the comparison ends because um, obviously Josh is on... Millions of dollars. All right, thanks so much for that. Text 0427 154 We are going to the head to the news very soon. Don't forget, after the news, you know what we got? Oh, it's the favourite time of the morning. <laughs> it's the Bryce is right. It's minutes away. Is this Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Not too far away, we're going to be catching up with Matthew Clark from the Adelaide Crows. Doc's doing something brilliant in the parklands at the end of the week, uh, promoting a lot of local sport in different ways that you can get involved. Also, the Bryce is right. The final time we're playing it in this edition of SENSA Breakfast. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. If you want to give us a call, one 736 736 Doc Clark next. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 26 minutes to eight. Good morning, Adelaide. A warm one today. 36 degrees, but the conditions will be perfect later on tonight in the parklands in North Adelaide uh, because there's something really cool coming to Adelaide. It's all about you being active, fit, healthy. It's called Club 8 Sports, where tonight kick off a couple of come and try sessions. The man behind this to tell us more about it, and of course from the Adelaide Crows, is Matthew Clark. Morning, Doc. This is really exciting for so many South Australians. What can you tell us about it? Well, that's a big sell, Walshie, but I'm, <laughs> I like the pump-up. 
Um, no, it's pretty low key. We we basically uh, we just charge around in the in the parklands for about an hour and a bit. Try to uh, work off a bit of the the uh, the post New Year's Christmas uh, festive sort of lard and um, and just have a bit of fun really. But it's uh, yeah mixed social sports. We play about eight different sports and uh, we've we've sort of been having we had a bit of a go at it about three or four years ago and then. COVID hit and uh, and we had um, I was busy doing AFLW but I've got my summer back for for a change so uh, we're uh, we're back on. So some of the sports doc include dodgeball, kickball, footy, volleyball. Yeah, um, there's a bit of a variety yeah. there, we, which is great. Absolutely, mate. So we've got a, well, all the games are pretty modified. So it's social, highly social. Defense is not rated at all. Um, I was about to throw a jab at you there, Gibber, but that would have been inappropriate. No, I, might, I, I might actually come down now that, now that I've heard that. I'm, uh, I'm in for sure hearing that. <laughs> yeah, so no, basically we just modify everything. Uh, we've got about eight different ones we play. And we, yeah, a couple of more traditional, so a bit of volleyball and you know six-a-side soccer. But yeah, but then a bit of dodgeball, kickball, frisbee, a bit of a modified t-ball, everything. It's, uh, it's like sort of school sports. When you were uh, when you were a twelve year old, but for for grown ups, I like the idea behind it as well, with it being really focused on social fun, fitness, and friendship. So, to be able to mix things up a bit and to try different things, it's not only the the active side of things, but also it feels like as it's going to continue, um, it's a good way to, to to be social too. Yeah, that no, was that was sort of part of it. Me and a mate Tommy, we sort of sat down and we were we were reaching that point where competitive sport was you know interesting, but perhaps not the main focus, but, you know, to be able to get out, to get active and, you know, just have a bit of fun is is the key. And, and the joy of uh, playing sort of three or four different sports in a night is if you're, if you're playing something you're not particularly good at, then you can just wait, you know, 16 minutes and you can find another sport that you're not particularly good at. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, the emphasis is pretty much on that, uh, on that social element. So tonight is the first come and try session in the North Adelaide Parklands. Can you just let us know the website again for people if they want more info, Doc? Yeah, so you go to club8sports.com.au. You put it in Google, it'll come up. Um, essentially, we kick off about 6.15, try and get there by 6. And that's probably one of the things, you know, I, I was playing a bit of social sport, basketball, etc. Love it. Uh, but I tended to end up playing at 10.10 quite a lot, so... By going out into the parklands, we uh, we can knock that problem over. We always, you know, we're always finished by sort of seven thirty, and and you can get home to the to the family. We love it, mate. All the best, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing more about it. So have an awesome day and enjoy tonight. Hey, good on you guys. Thanks for calling in, mate. That's uh, very much appreciated. Now, anytime is a very good man, Doc Clark. As are you, Bryce Gibbs. So let's do this for the last time. For the last time, Bryce Gibbs, come on down. Transform your backyard cricket pitch into a Bangalore burner in today's showcase prize. Your very own Indian pitch doctoring kit. Complete with four litres of industrial strength roundup guaranteed to kill anything that may be living on your 22-yard strip. To go along with that, four litres of kerosene, simply pour it all on. And light a match. Any skerrick of moisture gone from the surface. Quick as a flash. All of this could be yours if the price is right. Uh, well, we, we know um, Greg tunes out for the American sport segments, yeah. but 
I guarantee you he's back on listening to the last edition of The Bryce is Right. This has become more about Jace than it has the actual Bryce is Right. But we're fine with that. We're a team. This is the last time we're playing The Bryce is Right. Apparently you're stealing it for Saturday mornings with Tom Lyon. But it's been great. We've gone through sporting club songs. We've gone through famous quotes. We have even got to famous number fours. And I thought today... Because it's our last day together, Bryce Gibson. Have you enjoyed this experience? Yeah, it's been great. It's been uh, awesome. I've always wanted to do karaoke on uh, live on air. So, uh, yeah, box ticked for me there. All right. Well, today in the final edition of The Bryce is Right, we've left the best till last and you have no idea what's coming to you. Zero. Zero idea what's going to unfold in the next 30 seconds. Said it was going to be easy. And I'm a truth teller. And I didn't want to stitch you up, and I haven't, because I love you. And I think that's important you know that. So for the final edition of The Bryce is Right, it is Things That Rhyme With Bryce. <laughs> okay, so Righto. let's get into it. Um, so I'm going to give you some clues, and all you need to do is name the thing that rhymes with Bryce. Question one, on the Things That Rhyme With Bryce edition of The Bryce is Right. You can make cakes out of me. To grow me, you need plenty of water. I come in white or brown. You're nodding. You know what it is? Rice. Yeah. Well done. One from one. Nice stuff. Oh, that rhymes with Bryce as well. Nice. Um, Okay. Things that rhyme with Bryce. Number two. Um... I'm really fatigued. I can be commonly found in casinos. I can only count to six. Yahtzee would be boring without me. Wouldn't be dice, would it? Sure uh, would. Walshie? Sure would, Bryce. That's nice. Question three or thrice. <laughs> <laughs> Going out with a bang here. <laughs> I'm commonly used in genetics. To join two ropes together, you need to learn how to do me. I'm also a delicious frozen treat consisting of ice cream encased in frozen tropical flavoured ice, which also rhymes with Bryce, but it's not that. Yeah, what? What's the name of the ice cream? Got it's no, got like, it's, got got, no it's beautiful ice cream, but then it's got like this tropical coat over it. I don't know. Can you tell me? It starts with S. And it rhymes with Bryce. Slice. So, it's not slice. What? It's, it's splice. Splice. Oh, the ice cream splice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that no, I was I said that. What went over my head that But one. slice also rhymes with Bryce. Uh this is question four. Oh, slice, what I said, didn't I? Splice? Yeah, you did, you did, but it's splice. It's not oh, slice. Sorry. Shame, Ellen. Okay, now let's get <laughs> to question four in the things that rhyme with Bryce edition of the Bryce is right. I can be found in the ocean. Bryce Gibbs can experience this, but Jared Walsh can't. Only a harsh shampoo and tiny comb gets rid of me. What is it? Lice. Yes, it is. 
<laughs> this is the last one. This is the last one. It's getting better. This is the last one. I'm always accurate. I can also be an exact moment in time. Bryce Gibbs' field kicking is often described as me. Nice. No, I said nice earlier. Uh, what was it? Well, it starts with P. You've got time to have a guess. We've got all day. Don't say pice, because that's not a word. <laughs> What's the... What was the... Run the, through them again? Okay, I'm always accurate. I can also be an exact moment in time. Bryce Gibbs' field kicking is often described as me. I'd have to be... Uh, Precise. It is! Finally, we got there. What did you think for the last one? Uh, yeah, you, you nailed it. It's not about me. This is about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about me. Oh, I'm just the quiz Jared. master here. Jared, Jared, Jared. At your absolute best. Thank you. I had a good time. Uh, and hopefully the listeners have not all turned off, but that's okay. We're sharing the love here on this Thursday morning. We'll be doing that with Marty Matner from the Sturt Football Club next on SENSA. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 11 minutes to 8 on this Thursday morning. Uh, Mark Bickley joining us after 8 o'clock. Could be great to get Bix on SENSA. He is with us from Tuesday. Looking forward to having him in the studio. Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bryce, uh, it is going to be a huge year for Sandful. You are sitting here wearing your South Adelaide hat at the moment. I've never seen you more excited than when we saw someone walking past wearing uh, what looked like a Panthers training top. Was that what they were wearing earlier? Yeah, I think so. You don't see too many uh, South Adelaide supporters, especially from down Norlunga Way, just uh, rolling through the city at seven in the morning. So, uh, yeah, it certainly got me up and about. We like that. We've had a really good opportunity to chat to some of the big names behind the Sandful Clubs going into 2023 after the fixture was released almost this time last week. A man who is the head coach of the Double Blues from Sturt. Marty Matt is on the line. Morning, Marty. How are you going this morning? Morning, guys. How are we? We're really good. We always like to ask our guests what they are having for breakfast or how they're having their coffee, and you are no different. So please talk us through that. <laughs> uh, this morning was toast and uh, jam and a bit of orange juice. That was it this morning. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's basic, but it's beautiful, and we're, we're big fans of that. How are you feeling heading into the season, Marty? Have you got to have a look at the fixture, which is which is great. There's a couple of big matches for Sturt, including uh, the big one against Norwood on Easter Thursday, which we're, we're hoping that that's a regular fixture. What, what are your impressions? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, you always, some things you like about the fixture and some things you probably would like to change, but that Norwood game is something that, we're very excited about it. I know Sue Jung, the CEO, she's worked really hard with Norwood to try and, you know, get something like that going and hopefully become a regular fixture. And, you know, I would say being Norwood on a Thursday night instead, it's going to be quite a big crowd, which will be a great opportunity for us to um, get our season going. We played Glenelg round one, but, yeah, a couple of tough games to start the season. Uh, tell us about some of the new recruits, Marty. Uh, obviously, Martin Frederick comes in uh, an absolute huge get for you guys. Uh, we see Charlie Parker returning from the Bulldogs. You've, you've got a host of other uh, recruits this year. How have they fitted into the, the program and uh, how's pre-season, pre-season been in general? Yeah, so I guess yeah, those two you mentioned been, have been really good. Um, 
and then the other one's been Connor McFadden, I guess, from Brisbane. So those three have uh, fitted really well. They're training really well. They haven't really missed much. Charlie's, um, you know, come back from the Bulldogs um, and has been done 90% of it as well. But the other boys have been going really well. So, uh, And then a couple of kids from um, Sydney Swans Academy, uh, another one from Williamstown, Charlie Moland as well. So, um, yeah, those all those guys from interstate have fitted in really well um, and been training really well. And I guess, as you know, Bryce, it's pretty hard this time of year to sort of find out where you're at until you start playing trials. But, um, you know, we've been training really hard. Things have been going really well. We've got a lot of players on the track. We played a bit of match team last night. I think we had about... 48 or 49 players play that. So um, in terms of the list, it's you know, looking quite good at the moment. Um, but until you sort of start playing trials, everyone thinks they're premiers in this time of year. Yeah, no one's uh, <laughs> under the pump either, which is uh, always nice. But no, that's right. I want to ask you a bit of a different question. Obviously, uh, Sturt Oval uh, has got a cricket pitch, so you can't actually yep. get too much time on, on only Oval this time of year. I drive past or drive up uh, cross roads at times and see you guys training on a, on a little square patch of grass. How, how challenging is that for, for a club that has a cricket pitch on it? Uh, we're lucky at South we don't have that problem, but uh, trying to find different venues to, to train and get your conditioning in. And as you said, you've just played some match fitness, trying to find ovals that allow you to do that um, properly. Uh, how do you find that challenge? Yeah, it is tough, I guess. Um, we train at Urbray, which is um, going through, I guess, a redevelopment through the CMFL and the AFL with funding from them. And So hopefully the next few years that, that over will get better, we'll get lights, change rooms, um, all those sorts of things. I think you guys are doing the same with Cardine College um, as well. So all those things are starting to happen, yeah, because, I mean, with the juniors getting so big and women's footy and, you know, I think, and, yeah, we can't get on only over until cricket finishes. Um, it's really hard. But the other other venue we use is Urbray, uh, sorry, Urbray and Cornerstone in Mount Barker, um, which is in our country zone. So um, it's pretty good. It's only sort of 30-minute drive for most players um, out of the city, which is which is nice. Uh, it's not too far. But that overwork, the school's got goalpost lines, you know, nets behind the goals, no cricket pitch. So that's where we do most of our, I guess, match team and, and footy-related drills, gameplay drills, I guess. And then... Um, yeah, and Herbray, uh, yeah, he's got a little soccer field and a, and a footyo as well, which is which is great to utilise that as well. Marty, we spoke to Jacob Surgeon last week about it being a good time to be around North Adelaide. It, it must feel the same being around Sturt because obviously reserves premiers last year against the Roosters, so that means there's going to be competition for spots, but you also get to see a bit of development in some of those reserves players that um, would only make training in pre-season and when the season starts more competitive and good for the development of the club. Yeah, that's sort of, I guess, something that we looked at last year with our reserves. You know, we did lose a few players, I guess, um, Lecauia brothers and then Manny Liddy as well, and a couple other guys sort of retired, but I guess the younger players coming through that played in that reserves premiership um, and a couple of guys did get some taste of league footy, but they're really keen to, um, you know, to keep pushing for league selection. I mean, the other exciting part of the footy club at the moment is that we've got, um, we've got our redevelopment of stage two of the 80 grandstand, which should be opening in the next couple of weeks as well. So, you know, all those things are really exciting at the club um, and, you know, it's a really good season to look forward to um, both on and off the field.
Now, what did you get up to in the summer? I, I said to Bryce earlier, I saw you more at Adelaide Oval than I've probably been there myself. So you really got around the summer sports, which we I love seeing you there, mate, because it, it's, it, it's a time where you actually get to stop and spend some time with your family instead of focusing on the footy. Yeah, no, it was. Um, my the, the boys, both my boys are pretty pretty heavily into cricket. They love their cricket. Um, so we got to uh, the test match, uh, three or four days of the test match, which was great. Um, also it coincided with the eldest uh, birthday party, which was took a couple of mates along to that, which was good. Um, yeah, we also you know, tried and get away. We sort of head down to Port Wollonga and um, Port Elliot as well for periods of the break as well and try and get away and relax and chill out. But um, yeah, normally this time of year is probably the easiest time to spend time. You know, even in October when we do our own holidays and the season's not on, you're still recruiting and planning and all those sorts of things. So normally the Christmas sort of January period is a good time to, you know, relax and chill out and get away from it. Good time to get involved as a member as well. So for those people who are listening who want to sign up and be part of uh, the Double Blues moving into 2023, is it as easy as just jumping on the website or contacting the club directly? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Get on the website um, or, yeah, come into the club or contact the club and, um, buy a membership. Like I said, it's um, it's pretty exciting club at the moment in terms of the new facility being built for for members and spectators. It'll be a great experience for them to be able to come to games and and have a venue now where they can sit and have a drink and have a meal, you know, have a lunch and vendor lunch and and then you know watch the game from that venue as well. So it's pretty exciting for our members and supporters being able to get done on the Oval now. We appreciate your time on SENSA this morning. Marty Matner, good luck for 2023. I'm sure we'll catch up with you throughout the season, but all the best to you and the Double Blues. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Ross. It's going to be such an exciting year. I, I don't think I've ever been this excited about a Sandful season. I think the way that it finished last year with the, the exciting grand final, the fact that we're not affected or impacted by COVID now, and also the talent, like people are choosing now to come back and play in the Sandful, where I think previously um, there have been some other decisions made about players going to play in the country, which they can do what they want, but people want to come back and play in this league, which is, which is only good. Yeah, and it's going to be even more competitive, as you said, than last year, which which is great for the Sandful. It's great for local footy, and uh, I think it'll be great for the spectators as well, knowing that every game you go watch your team play, they are a chance to win that game. So it's going to make for an intriguing season, an a, a unbelievably close season, um, and we're looking forward to it. We are going to do a bit of a segment, which we haven't done before next. Uh, It is called Who Needs to Pull Up Their Socks? So um, I want you to have a think about this, Bryce, because we'll come back to you. Thanks to Underworks, Australia's biggest selling socks, underwear and thermals for men and women. Who needs to pull their socks up? And in relation to that, this is the other thing I want you to think about. Daniel sent in a text. Who's a better forward, Fogarty or Marshall? Stats are pretty close. Who has a bigger upside? Don't answer it yet. Have a think about it. We'll come back and get your thoughts if you want to get in touch with the show. one 736 736 just on 8 o'clock on SENSA. Good morning. Always. MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to you. We are here live in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bryce Gibbs, your last morning on SENSA Summer Breakfast. You're still with us on Saturdays, though, and throughout the season. We had a very nice text on 1300 736 736. That's how you can call us. Um, the text line, 0427 154 166. Bryce, 
If you're finishing up today, thanks for the journey. It was great to have someone that had a bit of interest in the soccer and could talk sensibly about it. All the best. Isn't that lovely? That is nice. That is nice. Uh, I'm not finishing up, so to speak. I'll uh, I'll still be popping my head into breakfast now and then uh, throughout the year. But yeah, Saturday mornings in SA will continue with myself and Tom Lyons. So uh, you can't get rid of me altogether just yet. Not trying to get rid of you. Uh, Mark Bickley is doing that though. And he's going to be joining us live in the studio in the next couple of minutes. It was a big day yesterday for world sport. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history. Quickly, the world moves, though. It's not even 24 hours since that moment and reports coming out that um, the Lakers might even trade some players over the next 24 hours. Yes, it's all happening. Russell Westbrook, who has been linked to a trade for a while now, yeah, uh, could be on the move. D'Angelo Russell could be returning to the Lakers. Mike Conley might be on the move. A whole lot of picks involved. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't... Uh, the fun and games don't stop for no one. No, I want to give a special shout out as well to uh, Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. They're going to be involved with SEN uh, this year, which we love. As soon as LeBron James hit that shot to break that record, he got the photo and chucked it on a T-shirt. So he's he's obsessed just like I am, and you can go get some good stuff from the guys too. It's, people can do that stuff so quickly now. People don't miss. No, they don't. It's very, people are very quick. All right, let's do this before we speak to Mark Bickley uh, because it would be really interesting to get your insights. We need to know who needs to pull up their socks. Thanks to Underworks, Australia's best-selling socks, underwear, and thermals for men and women. Who are you thinking, Bryce, um, at the moment, who needs to pull up their socks before you answer the question about Darcy Fogarty or Todd Marshall? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say because we've spoken about it a little bit this morning. The Nangpa pitch curator, pull your socks up. Is that it? That's it. That is it. <laughs> it's, it's as sim- it is as simple as that. And I love it because if you missed it earlier uh, on Sports Day last night, Katie Jarrett had a chat to Ravi Shastri. Uh, Shastri. I can't even say Shastri. Anyway, this is Have what he said. <laughs> I've called it cheating. Is that fair? Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> cheating. <laughs> There's nothing well, on that sort. It's more hype, more than anything else. You know, uh, surrounding this uh, first test match, it always happens. At the end of this first test, I'm sure there'll be someone who's got 100. And if someone can get 100 on that test of, you know, 80 plus on that pitch, you know, he's played well. We have live and exclusive coverage from Nangpur today on SENSA. So have a listen to that. Daniel sending the message. Who's a better forward, Fogarty or Marshall? Stats are pretty close. Who has a bigger upside? Who's pulling up their socks there? Now, I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about uh, Kyle Marshall, the uh, South Adelaide <laughs> recruit uh, last year. Is that – can I confirm that? Uh, unconfirmed. Okay. Uh, yeah, two two up-and-coming forwards for both sides. I think both can have an impact for both clubs over the next couple of years. Um, I think uh, Todd Marshall might get a little bit more supply than, uh, than Fogg in the next couple of years, but um, – Slightly different players. Uh, obviously, Marshall with the height advantage over Fogg. So you might see him taking a few more pack marks, contested mm. marks. But Fogg uh, is sort of that lead up player, can get a bit higher up the ground. So two slightly different players, but both extremely upside. Uh, if I'm going to have to pick one, I'm going to say Darcy Foggy. Okay. 
Thank you. We are here thanks to Tire Power Selected Kumo Tires at 25% off. Mark Bickley joins us next. Tire Power, winning deals always. MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Happy Thursday, 10 minutes past 8.36 degrees today. We are here. Thanks to more team Ford at Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. Bryce Gibbs, it's our last show together today. As we mentioned, Bryce is sticking around as part of the SENSA family on Saturday mornings with Tom Lyon and uh, across the year too. So this is the last you'll hear. We did actually get a message on our text line, 0427 154 it's fantastic that Mark Bickley is coming to SEN. His footy expertise is great to listen to. That is from Mark from <laughs> Summerton Park, I believe. So, Mark Bickley, we can officially say welcome to SEN SA. Oh, thank you, Jared. And look, as I was driving in and listening to you boys, I, I was very glad to be starting because Bryce gets better and better every week. And I was worried that I wasn't going to have a position to come to. So very happy to get in here and get the shoes under the table. There's a bit of pressure because um, Bryce and I are having a great time. And (laughs) I found that um, he's funny, um, attractive, and uh, has a really good insight. So it's zero out of three, aren't (laughs) (laughs) you? Maybe a half on the last one. Can you, can you sing though? No, no. Bit of, Bit of well, karaoke once on, again, uh, on uh, Jared the kn- knows me reasonably well, and he knows that I'm not funny, and so he doesn't want to put people through that. So I think you are quite funny, and the the listeners are going to get to know <laughs> a, a different side of you, which I think is fantastic because for for the people who have been listening to you in other media areas, because you've had a really stellar media career once you finished playing. Well, you did, but <laughs> I think a lot of people forget that you were a, a staple of the the Sunday Footy Show, which mm. was a brilliant show on on Channel Nine. And then, of course, um, uh, in in other media organisations. But um, your insight into sport, and I love your your analytical look at what's happening in not just um, AFL, but world sport too. And I'm sure you're looking forward to sharing that with the listeners. Yeah, and, and actually, something happened yesterday, I'm sure everyone's aware of. LeBron James becomes... We've spoken all- about it all show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. But the one thing that I just noticed, which was slightly different, what's the comparison recently in the last... 12 to 18 months in the AFL world. What was the comparison? Buddy. Buddy, yeah. Yeah, becomes yeah. the all-time greatest goal kicker. Yes. Look at the different ways that it was celebrated. Like, firstly, uh, you know, like there was a thousand people ran onto the ground and, and obviously the security was a bit better and, and sort of more prepared for the LeBron scenario. But the thing that really jumped off the page for me was when Buddy kicked that goal, who were the first 10 people to him? His teammates. Yeah. Like footy and Australians, we have this team culture. When the bronze shot the points, what did he do? Well, he just walked away he with his arms off, in the air. Yeah, and that's it. And no one went near him, did they? Where his, his teammates didn't really want to impede on that space because that was his space. So I just thought it was culturally Americans are just different to what we are as Australians. We, When we win something, we want to share it with people and, we, and, and there's a very much a team culture. I know basketball – is a little bit more individualistic because there's only five players on a team. So the individuals do make more of an impact. But I just thought that was interesting. None of his teammates rushed to him to celebrate with him. They just let him be because it was his moment and he just walked there and stood on his own. Well, so- you, miss, you may have missed this earlier, but Gibbsy, you, you briefly said at the start of the show that the instruction was to kick the ball to Brendan Favola at 
Marvel Stadium, whatever it, it was then, um, in that match where Buddy kicked 100, were you briefed pre-game, this is what will happen or this may happen if Fev kicks 100 goals? Because you were part of that whole experience. Yeah, they did say be prepared for everyone to run on the ground. So mm. we, we knew that was going to happen. Um, Fev needed about seven or eight, though. We knew Buddy was more than likely to get it. He only needed two or three, I think. So, um, yeah, they, they did give us a bit of a heads up on what to expect. And in that moment, it was absolute mayhem. And it was an absolute free-for-all. And, and I can remember, similarly, Tony Modra kicking his 100th goal. We played Fitzroy at Princess Park. We didn't really talk much about it. But the only thing we did say was, the crowd's going to come on. Let's get around mods. And if you... Get on YouTube and have a look at some vision. I just happened to be close, and Tony McGuinness was quite close. And so were all the other teammates. But, like, he kicked it, so we all ran there, and then all of them came on, and, of course, everyone's rubbing you on the head and whacking you. And, of course, then all the other players, they just drifted off. So yeah. there was Tony McGuinness and myself trying to protect mods, and he's getting grabbed and scragged and... But it is selfies weren't around back then either, so you didn't have to worry about um, people wanting photos. With no. you. I remember there was there was a Hawthorne player taking selfies in the goal square when Buddy kicked his one hundred in that game you played. Wasn't someone um, spreading ashes yeah. recently oh, with Buddy yeah. on, on <laughs> someone the on the SCG? Put a picnic rug down. As well. <laughs> it's crazy. No, it is great, mate. And what are you looking forward to um, this year? Obviously, it's your first day technically on SENSA, but there's a lot to look forward to when it comes to both of our footy teams. Where we did a podcast earlier where we spoke about different types mm. of pressure being on both of the sides, but we're getting close to that first ball being bounced. Yeah, look, we're talking a lot about um, match simulation. I've been down and watched uh, the Crows train a few times and there's no doubt they have improved. And I think the thing I mentioned last time was, you know, it's a bit like uh, you can improve, but every team's going to improve. So you got to, you have to improve at a quicker rate. And, and, um, and that's what everyone is sort of, you heard Marty Matner talk about it. You feel good at the moment because you're seeing your team out there, you're seeing your players and their, their training world, but you still have to measure yourself against the other, play, other teams in the competition. So I think both clubs are pretty happy with it, where they're at at the moment. The thing that I'm looking forward to, and, and as we get closer, and I know the teams are playing a, a scratch match pretty much on the 17th, so Friday week, is there's, there's going to be a different look about the teams. Like, you know, I heard Rory Sloan trolling off half back. That's going to be a bit of a different look. How much will Rankin and Rochelle play through the midfield? The Crows' forward line looks really good. You know, you think about Fogarty, you know, who, who took a big step forward last year. Most people think that Phil Thorpe will improve. Walker is a really seasoned player. Then, you you know, you have that spreading of McAdam, Rankin and Rochelle with a bit of X factor. So, you know, that's going to look a whole lot different to what it has and a lot more dynamic than what it's looked like. And then Port Adelaide, uh, Travis Boak, the, the back half of last year, there was this sort of transformation where Rosie and Butters came into the midfield. So that was a changing of the guard. What do they do with Travis Boak? Because he's been such a great player. You know, most likely he's going to go back to that high half forward role, which is a really tough role to play. And, and, and a selfless role when you've been, you know, the number one banana in the midfield for probably the last three or four years. So that's going to be interesting. Charlie Dixon, does he spend time in ruck? Does he go back to just being a pure forward again now that Lysette's back and playing? Junior Rioli, uh, Jason Horn Francis, what sort of mix does Horn Francis spend time in the midfield? So this is the thing that's really exciting. If you're a fan, there's so much anticipation about what, what could happen with your team this year. And that spreads across every team. Not Nat Fife, we're hearing that he's going to play as a pure forward. You know, that's going to be pretty exciting. You know, he's a big guy who can run out and catch it. 
Um, and, you know, I hope that, you know, he can kick 50 or 60 goals. I reckon that would just breathe a whole new sort of breath of fresh air into WA footy and particularly Dockers supporters. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room very quickly before you go. And you've had a haircut. It looks fantastic. And you've got beautiful facial hair. Um, <laughs> when it was announced that you were joining SENSA, um, a lot of the Port fans who love me and will learn to love you said he's the guy that um, mm. uh, <laughs> caved in Daryl Wakeland's face. Now, you guys are good, right? You're fine now. You're tight. Everything's good. I think it's just important. You say you guys like each other and we need to move on from that. Yeah, well... When we say we like each other, I, I've come across Daryl a number of times, yeah. and he's just a gentleman. Absolutely, um, and, and so, so are you, though. So are you. That's <laughs> no. the thing. Yeah. Well, it's not something that I'm I'm proud of at all, and um, it is what it is. You can't take it back, can you? And and fortunately, um, you know, Daryl was able to continue to play, and it was a hor- and horrific injury. But um, yeah, like I said, fortunately, he was able to come back and play, and played in a premiership, and all you know some had a great career. So I'm, I'm thankful for that and thankful that he's such a, a generous person in, in the way he's sort of gone about it when we have crossed paths. Yeah, and I'm saying that a bit tongue-in-cheek, but seriously, um, and you can attest to this as well, Gibbsy, the way that Bix carries himself as a, as a person um, on the air and off the air as well. We're very lucky to have him at SENSA, and it's going to be a really, really exciting year of analysis, but also we're here to have fun. This is what mm. Sports Entertainment Network is all about. So um, he'll be sometimes entertaining, but um, <laughs> it's going to be lots of fun. You have to listen fun. for a long time. Or, yeah. <laughs> so for the world of on listeners, yeah, there might be some laughs, but if you're just a... Uh, you know, little bits and pieces, you might have to wait a while. It's great to have um, a couple of South Adelaide legends in the studio right here. It has been too long, mate. We will uh, catch you on Tuesday morning. Can't wait. Gibbsy, we are going to be back in a couple of minutes and then I'm probably going to cry because we've got to wrap up the show. It's time. It's time to move aside. I'll get the tissues. 8.20 at SENSA. Good morning. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 25 minutes past 8, 36 degrees across Adelaide today. Warmer over the weekend too. We are here thanks to Team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. Been a big show. You can podcast everything that we have spoken uh, about, all of our guests, including Marty Matner, the chat we just had with Mark Bickley, Doc Clark too. Uh, and if you wanted to get involved before we say goodbye, 0427154166 is the text line. But Stu in Handorf's given us a call. Morning, Stu. Hey, gentlemen, how are you today? Good, thank you. Speaking of uh, goodbyes, first and uh, foremost, Bryce, um, thanks, mate, for everything you've put in over the journey you've been sitting in the chair. It's been really good listening to you from sort of day one to now and just hearing how much you've evolved in the seat from a confidence and, and delivery standpoint, mate. You're a, you're a polished professional now with a huge career ahead of you, I feel. Oh, Stu, thanks for the lovely words, mate. I oh, mean it, mate. It's uh, yeah, it's been awesome listening to you and just getting some raw insight and yeah, hearing your uh, hearing you evolve into it, mate. It's it's been a pleasure and uh, yeah, wish you all the best with Saturday and everything else that that it'll bring you moving forward. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. Hey, boys, there is a massive mixed martial arts card in Perth this weekend, UFC 283. I know I don't know if it's been covered yet or not, but we have quite possibly the greatest combat athlete that this nation has produced in Alexander Volkanovsky fighting in the lightweight division for the first time in his career for a title fight, no doubt. 
and to potentially become one of a select few who have fought in that organisation who will simultaneously hold two belts at once. This is huge, boys. I don't know if it's got the coverage it deserves, and um, I can't wait. And I know there's probably plenty of others that listen that are a big mixed martial arts and combat sport fans as well that will be tuning in with wide eyes and open ears. What, what are your thoughts? Are you into it at all? Stu, is that, is that as simple for him as if he wins, he has the path to fighting Conor McGregor? He, uh, Conor McGregor actually fights at welterweight now, so he's another division up. He, I doubt he'll drop back down to, to lightweight just given some of the complications he's had over the last 12 months with the recovery from his leg and the, the weight he's put on as a result of that recovery and probably wanting to fight at a, at a higher weight class anyway. Um, but it could be there for sure as a money fight down the track because Volkanovski was a rugby player, boys, who walked around at like 220, 230 pounds, which is heavyweight in the UFC division, if you can imagine that, a bloke being five foot seven, And he's now fighting at 145 pounds is the title that he holds, but 155 pounds on the weekend. So conceivably, he could go up to 170 and it wouldn't feel foreign to him. The fight could be there in the future, but it certainly won't be for a title. I can't see McGregor holding a title anytime soon in the future. Well, we're going to check in with you, Stu, as we go uh, throughout 2023 too, because um, you love your UFC and we probably need to learn more about it, but getting on someone like you would be brilliant. So thank you very much for calling us, mate, on 1300 736 736. Before we wrap up the show, we had a couple of polls online this morning, Bryce. We did with the King LeBron taking over the all-time NBA scoring record. We threw it out there. Who is the the greatest NBA basketball of all time, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant or other, uh, and it's MJ, okay. 73%. Uh, and in the AFL today, which is more important, elite fitness or elite disposal? And uh, 64% reckon the elite disposal is uh, more important than the elite fitness. Well, we're wrapping up. It's been a brilliant couple of weeks with you, Bryce. I'm saying uh, goodbye, but not farewell because you are with us on Saturday mornings and throughout the season. But I've, I've loved spending every morning with you, mate. So thank you. Oh, and thanks to you, Walshy. Uh, good luck with the, the next 12 months with Bix. And uh, I'll see you very soon, no doubt. Thank you. I've got a present for you as well. Finally, I can say, Bryce Gibbs, my farewell gift for you is a Signet Boost power oh, bank. You've got the phone charger. The holy grail. We've got it. We've got it. We've got it. You are the caller of the day, Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, good. We will catch you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening to SENSA. Good morning.